what is really, when you peel it all back, what's at the core of what's going on here? Hey, 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 you guys. It's another episode of Unrefined Podcast, and Brandon here, and Lindsay's here. Hey, guys. I'm here. I've got my tea, and I'm ready to go. All right. Yeah, I've got my coffee, and we've got one of our favorite guests, the lovely eyes on the right, Amy. Hi. From <laughs> the, the West Coast, and she's here early this morning with us, and we are going to jump into something that's uh, you, the friends, unrefined friends out there seem to want to hear more about. So we're going to jump into like basically a primer on Freemasonry. And when I say primer on Freemasonry, it's going to be a lot more than Freemasonry. So yeah, so we're going to jump into that and we're going to have a conversation about all that kind of stuff. I know just enough to get me in trouble and I don't want to do that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Amy, over her many years of, of investigating since her uh, experience in Haiti has acquired quite a knowledge. And, and I'd almost call her an expert on this kind of stuff. So I'm sure she would not say that, but no, I, say I wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I trust her implicitly with this kind of stuff. So um, Amy, welcome to the show. We're glad you're thanks. back. Yeah. Yes. I love being on here with you guys. So thanks for always having me and just being so kind. Yeah. Well, we love having you on here because I thanks. mean, it's just, you know, you know what I, th I think I, I like the best about having you on here is um, in the fringe world, and this has been a huge thing recently, is there's there's such a lack of discernment in the fringe world. It's like everybody just takes everything and just eats it. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, and what I appreciate about you is you have a measured response to different things like you've told us in the past. Uh, I've actually taken one of your rules and put it in my notes in my phone of step back and wait and yeah. uh, see see how things are developing. That's like what I'm doing with the stuff right now. This is going to kind of date this episode. The stuff that's going on in Israel. I'm, I'm actually mm -hmm. stepping back and waiting and seeing yes. what's like, what's really going on here. Yeah. Yep. Um, Absolutely fishy. Yeah. Like I had to do with the Ukraine, you know, I mean, everybody jumped on the Ukraine bandwagon at the beginning, like it's poor people getting bought, you know, and then you step back and you realize, Hmm, there's more going on to this Ukraine thing than just a, a poor, you know, Slavic country getting, attacked by the big bad wolf so exactly it anyway but uh so um yeah so the discernment thing is is huge and that's why i appreciate amy's uh measured i guess is the best way to put it measured response to all this kind of stuff so yeah. amy where do you want to where do you want to start with all this I, I know we could go all the way back to the garden of eden and 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 take the Gary Wayne approach, but we don't want to go that far back. So we're, we're <laughs> how did you know I was going to, how did you know I was going to touch on that though? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, you we can do whatever you want to do. But uh, like I was saying, I just pretend like that I am a 12 year old and you're telling yep. me the basics of, of this and that's how you got to break it down for me. Okay. So, all right. You got it. Okay. And I yep. promise I'm only going to just touch on the Genesis three because it is the What's crux. Important? It's a crux. It's a baseline of why they are forming secret societies. So, you know, when you go yeah. back to the garden and you see the second lie of the serpent, right after he says, you shall not surely die. What does he say? He says, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Okay. 
So there's your gnosis. There's your enlightenment. There's your third eye. There's your quest for unending knowledge, enlightenment, illumination. And, um, you know, it, and this is where it built off of because these people in secret societies, they believe that they are the only ones that can achieve this heightened level of gnosis, this enlightenment. And they got to keep it secret from the average everyday person because they got to keep the brotherhood intact, right? They got to keep the secret society intact. So that's where I would start because it always builds off of that, you know? So any input you guys have on that? You know, there always just seems to be this kind of false dualism that they set up with, you know, of light and dark and we're the light kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's a theme I see in it a lot, whether it's masonry or, or various Gnostic groups. There, there's mm-hmm. always kind of this false light and dark, uh, yin and yang type light and dark. And then, of course, they're the light. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Ph- philosophically, they are very what I'd call a Zoroastrian. I guess that's mm-hmm. the one I think about with the yin and yang and the light and dark and, and all that kind of stuff. And then they're, you know, their patron, I don't want to say their patron hero is a tragic hero, which they make by as Lucifer. And yes. I don't know, I don't know if they use that term Lucifer, but he's the, he's the morning star. Um, yeah. You know, not the, not the morning star we worship, but right. he is a, morning star which is light and uh, i think that's significant to the whole discussion it here. is but they've made him they've made him out to be a tragic hero right right and and we will get into that because part of this it, and when we set the stage biblically then we can kind of see how satan imitates it right um because yeah. there's a lot there and and Lindsay, you brought up the fact of you know dark to light and that's one of their rituals that they use in freemasonry and I'll get to that. But um, even in Genesis, where you see that there's chaos initially, where God hovers over the dark waters, when you look at that word in, um, in Hebrew, it actually mm-hmm. um, stands for confusion and chaos. Mm. And so essentially in Genesis, God is bringing chaos into order. Well, these people, their mantra is order out of chaos. So Scattered throughout all of these secret societies, you can see the flipping and the inverting and the twisting of who God is um, in their practices and in their mantras of what they do. So, all right, Amy. Yeah. Uh, can I? Uh, this is a bomb question. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, there, there's a philosopher. He's dead now. Um, that that I really admired and respect, and I've read a lot of his stuff. He does stuff on spiritual formation and spiritual disciplines. He's also a theologian, too. His name was Dallas Willard. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. Um, I haven't. Per, yeah, you need to check him out. It, it would be great for your counseling stuff, too. But anyway, he read a book called The Divine Conspiracy. And in this book, he has this belief that even evil people, when they do evil, they believe, because they're deceived, that they're doing good. Yeah, And yes. And I was going to ask you, do you think a lot of these people who are even the high Luciferians, they're obviously evil and they're doing these things. Do you think that they, in some warped, weird way, think they're actually doing good for the world? Yeah, I do. Because that's a really good question because it goes into what Lindsay was talking about, the duality. And really, their their whole, I mean, this is complicated, but I'm going to try to keep it simple um, for the listeners. but. 
really it's about balancing out the opposites. And so you can even go into mm. this right hand, left hand path where they believe they have to balance out the good with the evil and bringing together these two melding the dark into light, so to speak. Um, it brings about this great synthesis, this great work that, um, you know, really was dubbed by Aleister Crowley, the beast, um, who was a legit Satanist, but yes, yeah. yes. It's alchemy too. I mean, it all kind of intermixes into their well, philosophy. Well, it sounds like the Hegelian dialect too. You yes. Know, the Hegelian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. And it, and, and, and going into this, I mean, this is really their idea. Okay. So that, so the main crux of these secret societies is really, they believe, and they will say that man can believe in their own supreme being, being their deity of choice. So starting out in these secret societies, they don't, they don't necessarily say you have to serve Yahweh. You have to serve the Elohim, right? The one true God. Right. They say whatever supreme being of deity of your choice. So people can come in it really worshiping anything. And, um, and they come in. Wicca, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. anything, anything really. Yeah. And initially as they go in, you know, there's, well, do you want me to get into that or kind of go back into the history? I'm kind of jumping ahead. Sorry. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us and, and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind not to mention there's gonna be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel so make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community i just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there Yeah, go back in the history. Yeah, let's let's okay. start there. Yeah. Okay, so Freemasonry, according to what we can get on the internet in certain books, started around 1717 when the first lodge was founded, and as it grew, it, it and I really believe that it started way back. Obviously, the garden, you know, set the stage, yeah. but um, it really started with the Knights Templar and um, the Order of the Knights, right? Knights Templar mm -hmm. were the arm of the Vatican, and essentially they were the first bankers. And when they had to kind of disappear and go underground, then they, they rose up again, basically as Freemasons. And you will see people, you know, sporting the Knights Templar logos, the double cross of Lorraine. Um, you see it in, mm -hmm. all over TJ Maxx. Um, you know, there's celebrities that have the double cross of the Knights Templar. 
these secret societies are one and the same. They've never gone away. And so the Knights Templar kind of went underground, but they would be who we would call our first bankers, really. They were the mm-hmm. ones, you know, utilizing the finances and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so thus ensued, I mean, it never went away. It just went branded under different names. But as it was resurrected around 1717, this is when you start to see these kind of lodges forming. Um, they started in like pubs and cafes, and then they grew into lodges and they spread all over Europe. And then you move forward into Adam Weishaupt, who was said to have started the Illuminati. And that was around the year, um, when did he start? 1776, actually, I believe. Around yeah, that yeah, time. it was right, yeah. right before we the Declaration of Independence, because a lot of people make a big deal about that time period. Yeah. You know, hey, we, yeah. Hey, Amy, if we could go back, this is relevant to the history. I, I, I got a question. Is there any actual connection to the stonemasonry guilds? I mean, you would think there's got to be some connection there, or is that just temple building imagery that they kind of use? Are, are you aware of any actual connection with the stonemasonry guilds? I, I actually think a lot of those are. And even when you read in the Bible, you hear about this, that they, you know, they talk about the stone, the masons, right? Mm-hmm. And, and even think about Jesus is our cornerstone. Um, yeah. You think about the builders, even in, in ancient pre-flood and, you know, post-Diluvian times where they're building these gigantic uh, structures like the pyramids and the ziggurats. I mean, I think these masons have been part of all of this in some capacity or not. They're, they're kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because they're building the temple. I mean, right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I also find it interesting too. I love this, that Jesus is the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected, which I yes. think that is significant too there. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, go back to the tower of Nimrod. I know we're kind of jumping around, but, what oh, were cool. they doing? They that was the time when they were creating the ziggurat to make a name for themselves, and they were utilizing this new kind of um, mortar, if you will, to build this ziggurat. And so there's a real emphasis even on that in scripture, where mm-hmm. I think I think the three of us are kind of coming to this conclusion that this building aspect is really integral, and in not only the Bible, but also in these these secret societies because it's. It's biblical. <laughs> I mean, there's something to it. Well, let me throw something out. This is totally left field. Okay. But I was just thinking about this morning. I have a buddy of mine. We were talking about the different generations. And I've made a comment to you, Amy, on your Instagram before about how we have a whole generation, which I'm a part of, is, is X. And, yeah. But, but think about the one before us, the, the way, that, well, not before the X, the boomers, but then the builders that foundation they were called the builders and they if you look back at american history even though there's tons of early uh the early um fathers of our country were masons but that it really got started in the builders era with uh the the federal reserve and all that kind of stuff is when it really got amped up in our country you know bilderberg and all that kind of stuff so anyway i just thought i thought that's significant too they're called the builders anyway Absolutely. Well, just to throw a story in there for you, too, since we're kind of on topic. um, Years ago, I had posted something about I believe it was about the Egyptian um, pyramids. And a girl messaged me and she said that her grandma 
her great grandma lived in like the Middle East somewhere like Syria or somewhere. And she used to tell her stories as a little girl about the builders. And the builders were men who were giants in this village, Mm. in this village that her great grandma lived in. And they called them the builders. And so I just thought that was really interesting too, because it is so connected. And these people have built their kind of secret society mantras off of you know, what I think are, are the giants and Nephilim, the, the mighty men yeah. of old, you know? Mm. Yeah. When they're so, all trying to build a temple, like the Tower of Babel, they're all, yeah. they're, they're trying to get back to Eden. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yep. yep. So interesting stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah. all right. Back to the history. You were okay. with uh, Adam. Weishaupt? Yeah. Yeah. So Adam Weishaupt was, he's what is dubbed the founder of the Illuminati. And, you know, the Illuminati is just essentially the enlightened ones, right? This is this group of people that believe they are enlightened individuals in society. And they come together and they have this, these secret orders and allegiances. It's really, it's really a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. And when you start to even look at, you know, sororities and fraternities, And you start to look at some of the lodges and, you know, other institutions that are kind of similar to what these secret societies are, you know, they're scattered all out on so many dimensions. Um, I mean, so many facets rather. And Mm -hmm. so we see it in our, in our society, even today um, in different ways. But so essentially, you know, this, thus ensued kind of this Illuminati, the enlightened ones. And it's kind of hard to nail down who's who, because there's been so much overlap. Like I said, the, the Knights Templar kind of fell, went underground, almost totally disappeared. And then you see like this rising up of like the Illuminati and, um, you know, the Mole, De Mole, um, that movement. And there's so many different branches of Freemasonry. Like we were talking earlier, there's the Shriners and the Scottish Rite and the Knights Templar, the owner of, yeah, the Rosicrucians, right? Rosicrucians, yeah, yeah. Yep, and they are all very similar, or the Holy Royal Arch. I mean, the Order of the Knights Eastern of Malta. Star. Yes, Knights Nine, of Malta. Knights of, they're huge in the in the political stream right now. I think. Yeah, I think they have it. Yeah, and and so, so you you continue to see this and and skull and bones, you know, of Yale, and that ties mm-hmm. into our presidents, our founders. Um, and it's just so connected to intelligence and banking as we move into our society today. Um, mm-hmm. It's the political elite. They're all, and they're all related to each other. And so there, there is this mass brotherhood that is connecting the, in quote, elitists of the world um, together as well. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. I want to go into some of the, the basics, like the ground, ground roots of this, you know, if you know any yeah. of the uh, initiation rituals and, and all that kind of stuff. Because I think people need to know what these, some of these guys do to get into this organization. I had a, a, a Freemason lately basically tell me that, and he was a low level when I'm assuming that yeah, there might be bad stuff in our organization, but there's bad stuff in the church. You know, you have mm-hmm. bad priests that have been molested. You have bad pastors that do this. You have, you know, pastors that fall all the time just because there's bad people in your group doesn't mean your whole group is bad what would you say to that well um 
you know, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you like good com or bad company corrupts good character. And so we have to realize that just because there are some good people in an organization, it doesn't mean that the totality of that organization is edifying the body of Christ and moving you closer in your walk with Christ. I mean, and that's the thing with these societies is I have a brother-in-law. He's a Mason. And I'm telling you, he's one of the most, I mean, I won't go too much into him and talking about that, but he, yeah. he was, his grandpa was one. He, you know, his friends are one. They live in a little town and he's like, we're Christians. And yet I don't believe that a lot of them understand as you start right. to uncover this, what they're really worshiping and representing and giving their oaths and vows to, right? The Bible says not to well, take it, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? Like we're not supposed to be yeah. taking, taking these vows like this. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't understand, Amy. It, and, and it's like, it really, uh, it really blows my mind. Okay. You, you have, you have a, say an average guy. See, I was, I, I, this is not common knowledge, but I'll put it out there. I was tapped when I was uh, in my early twenties and it was before I was saved and God's grace was on me. And, and, uh, I was, uh, I, I just said, no, I'm not really interested. It's like I had this intuitiveness that it was something was wrong or whatever. Yeah. But what I've read and studied how can you, as a normal man, because it's, it's strictly men, which is, you know, misogynistic. That's how I, I don't see how it's allowed in our politically correct. Anyway, that's really fascinating. But it's strictly right. men. I mean, I know they have their women groups, you know, Demolay and, and what is it, uh, Rainbow Girls and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's strictly masculine. And then some of the, the initial initiation rites. Yeah. Um, and there's and, and I want you to go in to some of them without getting too explicit. But the one that really strikes me is I'm not going to put a noose around my neck and curse my family and all future generations. If I reveal the secrets in this, that, that, where is that Christian? I mean, how is that Christian? Right. You know, and, and that's even a low level. We're talking, that's like, you know, first, second, third degree Mason. What is it? Uh, not Scottish, Scottish right or York, right? York, right. I think. Mm -hmm. And, and Scottish right is the one that goes up to 33, I think. Right. I, I get um, confused. Yeah. The Scottish right goes up to 30, 32, yeah. they say, but yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. we, yeah. We all know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, well, I do from this podcast I just did. I mean, he got tapped and it was secret and he refused to go and it caused him no short of pain to refuse to go to Washington to be up to 33 degree. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, am I in my own echo chamber of Christianity that, that I'm missing something? I had a college roommate who was in a uh, fraternity. And see, a lot of people don't think of that. I, have a, I had a friend um, who's in our podcast group who brought up the fact of fraternities and sororities and how mm -hmm. they're involved in a lot yes. of this kind of stuff. And that's really yeah. going to step on some toes here. But this is why I want to say this. One of my roommates was a... Um, uh, I'm not going to say what fraternity it is, but it's a really old one, and it's in the same vein of the Skull and Bones, except it's a, it's a Southern one, mm -hmm. and it's at LSU. It's it's at all these different Southern schools, and let me, t Amy, they caned him, and, oh and I know God. they can I know they caned him because he changed clothes in front of me, and his back was scarred oh, no. from 
they, they put him in the coffin, you know, which is typical. And he had to stay in there for several days. I don't know how many days. And this is for a fraternity. This is not even like Freemasonry. And, right. and I'm just like, luckily he ended up getting saved because he was, he was my roommate and, and it, it was kind of a cool thing. I don't know where he is at now, but Andrew Jackson was part of this fraternity. I mean, it's an yeah. old fraternity. And yeah, um, wow. And, and so it, it was just appalling to me. I mean, when the first time I saw those scars on his back, it was like, it was like he was at, like I was in a movie and, and he had been like being tortured in, you know, some country over, I don't want to yeah anyway, over there yeah. and like tortured. And, and it was like, oh my gosh, you let him do that to you? He said, well, I didn't have a choice, but it's going to benefit me in life. You know, I'm willing to pay the sacrifice for it to benefit me in life. Wow. And and uh, anyway, I just want to throw that out there. And that's just a fraternity, y'all. That's not even that's not even masonry. And right. um, so anyway, uh, Amy, do you know anything about some of the initiation rites that even the guy? I, I guess what I'm trying to get out there is this myth that even the guys that are lower on the totem pole, that they're just uh, what's the word? They have plausible, plausible deniability. I, I don't think they do. I think they know there's more to it than it really is. I don't think they know what it is. But yeah. I think they know that, I mean, you know, just like what I said, putting a noose around your neck and cursing your family. That's, yeah. Anyway, right. so go ahead, Amy. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. And I think the further along you go, I mean, talking about kind of the first three levels, you have the entered apprentice is number one, and then the fellow craft. And then number three is the master mason. And you have the York right or the Scottish right that you can go down, right? And and when they get to that 32 degrees, I mean, we've got to understand too, their, their symbolism really does give them away because as you study and as you kind of understand some of these rituals and what these symbols mean, it is directly tied to the, the mystery religions of old Egypt, you know, Babylon, mm -hmm. Mesopotamia, all that stuff, it's all tied back there. And so the more that is unveiled as they rise up, the more they should know if they're a true Christian and have having discernment that this isn't something that God would be honoring God. And, you know, a couple of things that I think is, is interesting in relation to Freemasonry and witchcraft, there's, there's a tie here. Um, mm. In Masonry, you have to be recommended by another brother. Like you can't just step up and say, Hey, Hey, I'm Joe blow up the street. There's typically a, a recommendation by another. Hey, this guy, would be good for the brotherhood, right? They got to yeah, keep you get, keep... you get, you get tapped. That that's the expression yeah, they use. You get, yeah. okay. You get tapped. And this is the same <sighs> with witchcraft. And then you go through these initial, initial ritual rituals and you're blindfolded and you, this is the whole dark to light, right? They'll blindfold the initiate. The same thing happens in witchcraft. They blindfold them. They walk them from the dark to the light. They come to the worshipful master who is at an altar or, you know, a priestess or a priest, and they will hold mm -hmm. this sword to their, I believe it's their left breast, and they will make them swear this oath of faithfulness. And it's, it can be a blood oath often. Um, and so then they take the blindfold off and there you are from darkness to light. So you've come in to the light. This is very similar to what they do in witchcraft as well. And so you, mm -hmm. like we said before, there's so much overlap with these pagan religions because, and, you know, organizations and societies, secret societies, they're all kind of a potpourri of each other. Um, 
and they all lead into this kind of um, false god worship. But um, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was interesting because you start to see the overlap there, even in in witchcraft, right? So, well, it it it, it 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 all goes back to, and I was talking to a friend yesterday about this. It all goes back to it. There's 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 two, I guess, um, like roads. One is the road of surrender, which is Jesus, which is Christianity, which is God. The other is the road of control, and I see that that. There's a spectrum of control ranging from, I was talking about cults yesterday, not the occult, but cults yesterday to a friend of mine of how they add works to faith. And the reason they have to add works is where they can control and manipulate their people. And, you know, the more works you add to them, it it keeps them, uh, it it basically Stockholm syndromes, Stockholm syndromes with them, you know? Yeah. And then so, so they're along this spectrum. And, and then I, I think, it, and then it gets to the other end of the spectrum is like pure occultism, yeah. you know, so all along the spectrum. And it's like, that's us trying to control God, whereas right. Christianity is us surrendering to God and letting, and then and, and us obeying him. And there's a difference between following a bunch of rules to earn favor with God versus obeying God because you're surrendered to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and when I see this, like you're talking the similarities between witchcraft and masonry and, and that stuff, that's to me is the essence of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's better to obey or what is it in Samuel? He says that, uh, oh, oh yeah. Obedience, disobedience yeah, is like the this sin is, of witchcraft. Yeah. 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 Disobedience is like the sin of witchcraft. And I think mm-hmm. that ties into that whole works dynamic of yeah. trying to hold rituals and I don't have a problem with traditions. I mean, every church has traditions. But when the traditions have you, that's a different story. And then when the traditions become into rituals, when it becomes abracadabra, so to speak, right? you know, right. that's when it's sliding into the occult spectrum. And, and yes. we see that in, ma- in masonry. Absolutely. And, you know, something that I, I recently remembered, um, because I just did a podcast on the number 33, and... As far as we know, 33 is the highest level you can get. Now, Alistair Crowley was, had all sorts of, um, he had, he bragged about all sorts of, um, you know, levels (laughs) that he had obtained. So whether he was just gloating or whether it's true, because you don't ever know if he was crap. I mean, (laughs) exactly, (laughs) exactly. But what I found was interesting with 33, and this ties into not only um, witchcraft, but new ageism and kind of this false enlightenment is, you know, the vertebra in the, in the human body has 33, um, the vertebra has 33 uh, parts of the spine, right? And so wow. what happens is in all of these facets, whether it be witchcraft, new ageism, Freemasonry is it starts at the sacrum, the cossacks, the bottom vertebra, and it rises all the way to the top, to the very top of the cervical um, spine. And this mm-hmm. is the idea of enlightenment. And as you climb that ladder, so to speak, of the spine, um, this is why they have a ladder. It talks about it's the spinal enlightenment, but it's also Jacob's ladder. But this is this leveling up of enlightenment. And when you get to that top level, you are illuminated. And, um, so, so that ties into it too, which is really interesting. There's some overlap, is that, right? Is that, is that have to do with that, that spirit that is in some spirit field type certain? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yep. It totally does. It's all connected. And um, that's where you just see kind of this hodgepodge of just this kind of, you know, hodgepodge of stuff that is in all of these different occult practices. And it, I just find that interesting because it, it, it all, it all goes back to the Bible. It all goes back to the mystery religions and they build all of their practices off of this Egyptian um, mindset, Egyptian paganism and worship and, you know, the obelisk. And you have all of these symbols that, you know, even their, their, their compass, right. Is the male and mm -hmm. the female. It's the triangle up and the triangle down that represents the free female reproductive systems and the male reproductive systems. It's the, it's this covering of the generating principle of life. And so you even have the, this idea of um, duality there with that. So interesting stuff. Well, that term, I mean, th if this term doesn't make you cringe a little bit. And the guy we had on talking about Freemasonry brought up this term worshipful master. Yeah. I mean, it just, does that, am I the only one that just thinks that sounds cringy and idolatrous? Just, well, well, I looked it up because, you know, sometimes older, like archaic terms have a different meaning than we think. But yeah, this is just dictionary.com here feeling or showing reverence or adoration, often capital in parentheses, mainly British, a title used to address or refer to various people or bodies of distinguishing rank, such as mayors and certain ancient companies of the city of London. So I thought that was interesting because yeah. I know the city of London isn't necessarily the same thing as just London. That, that, that's a city within a city kind of thing, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, yeah. I thought that connection was interesting um, right. with the term worshipful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty cringy myself. I mean, and, and we have to understand going back to the symbols, you can look at the circumpunct, you can look at the pyramid, the bottom or the outside level is indicative of these lower level masons or you and I. We're not illuminated. The inner circle of the circumpunct, the bullseye, or the top of the pyramid, those are the ones that are illuminated. And so they will intentionally mislead and lie to their to the people in in these secret societies on the lower levels because they have to earn their trust. They're not gonna just tell them everything right away. That's that goes against their principles, you know. Yeah, well let me ask you this have you have you read any of uh all right, I can't remember his first name. I think it's Bill. Is it Weber on a pale horse or, or <gasps> Oh it's... um Oh yes, I have that book. I can't why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I'm reading it right now. It's a lot of interesting stuff, and I'm slowly digesting it. I actually bought a book that kind of not refuted him, but kind of questioned some of his stuff. Um, yeah. But there's, but they're still, you know, in the same vein as he is. But they question some of his his stuff. So I like to read both sides a lot of times. It's different stuff. And uh, but he said something that I thought was super, uh, just blew me away about what exactly what you're saying. He gave the example of you would have uh, one of the Masons and an initiate would come up and he would hold a cross up to him and he would say, spit on this cross. Yes. And, and, and the initiate would say, no, no, I can't. I, I follow Jesus. I'm not going to spit on the cross. He said, very well, you did good. He would put him over here and he would never rise up. 
Yep. And he, another guy would come in, he'd say, spit on this cross. And he'd spit. And the, the, the guy would say, you did very good. And he would put him over here and he would rise up. Yeah. And so it's like they do very deceptive stuff like that with the lower level people. They still want them in their group and they make them feel comfortable and you know, accepted. But the real truth is the ones that are going to do what they want them to do will rise up the ranks, whereas, the, you know, they filter yeah. And that, that, that blows me away. I mean, I, when I right. read that, I was like, and instantly the Holy Spirit said, that's true. You know, yeah. I just, I know it sounds really subjective, but I was just like, it mm -hmm. resonated with my spirit that that, that makes so much sense. That's what I would do in my flesh. If I had a group. Yeah. Yeah. I would, you would keep your, your palms, palms, you know, mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to say up, oh, you're out. You don't agree with us. You would keep right. them in your group because they're going to defend the whole yes. group like they like they do it I, I put something on facebook amy about masonry and i and, and on my personal page or anything they come out of the woodwork man yep. it's like oh yeah that's that and, that's and, that circumpunct symbol where the outer bullseye of the you know and the pyramid it's it their symbol shows how they protect the bottom or the outer parts protect the inner core you're spot yeah. on yep 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 it's crazy. So it, it's psychology. It's mm -hmm. it's psychologically, it's just a cult. I mean, that's really what it is. You can go through psychologically and look at all the, the, the same, yeah. you know, all the cultic, the, the Stockholm syndrome, the, the echo chamber, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. it just so happens that, that you know, uh, I have another friend that says there's black hats and white hats. And, and so we're seeing both of them battle for control over the world. All right, yeah. where were we at? We got way off track, but I think I think we're <laughs> moving along pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, this is the kind of stuff I wanted to get out there for people. I wanted them to see just the basics mm -hmm. of of how this organization works without us getting all up into the you know the the eye of the pyramid, so to speak. Right. Start and work our way up. So, what do you want to go? What do you want to talk about next? What do you think is important next, uh, Amy? Well, I like how you touched on um, just the lower levels, kind of even unknowingly protecting yeah. the inner level, right? The inner core. And it is psychological warfare because you really, these men, like my brother-in-law, really do feel as if it's just a brotherhood. It's just a, a bunch of guys who help each other out, give each other a job or you know, write a, write a reference letter for them or whatever, you know, I don't even know if they do that anymore. But you think about that is the psychological, that is the deception. And so I think for your listeners, it's really important to, um, if you know people that are in masonry, just gently ask them, like, what are some of the core uh, beliefs that you have? Um, do you know what the upper level um, of the organization is involved in? Um, because I think that's important. Those are those are fair questions to ask. And yeah. I think that it's a good starting point. It takes people's defense off if you can kind of put the ball in their court, sort of so to speak. But um Well, I have a question. I want to bring this kind of back to the Bible a little bit here. Okay. Um if we're ministering to these type of people, you know, because I mean they're pretty well entrenched in their echo chamber and and their belief system. Um, you know, I wonder what some of the questions or some of the ways we could begin to, I don't like the term witness, but, but that's what it is to, to begin to share um, that'll plant seeds. Like for example, when Jehovah's witness comes to my door, which was started by a Mason, by the way, all these big cults were started by Masons and people yeah. don't realize it. Jo right. uh, Joseph Smith. I'm trying Mormonism. to find a, Oh, I'm trying to find an ex Mormon 
to come mm-hmm. on our show and tell us how related Mormonism is to Masonry. And I haven't had any I'll, luck. Maybe you can help, I'll help me find you. somebody. But I have some. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you? Okay. And, and, yep. and, and but but anyway, all these cults were started by these these secret societies. But uh, anyway, so what kind of questions can we begin to ask them to plant seeds that would would maybe begin the whole journey of question questioning? Could they be right? You know, is there something wrong here? Do you have any ideas about that, or have you thought about that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, I think about I'm, a, my, I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. I'm sorry. You said, yeah. I mean, I want to win souls. So, yeah, anyway. no, I get it. And and I always take the the approach of, you know, like I've been doing a study in Genesis and I also did a study in, in John. And you really see how God approaches people, whether it's Jesus on earth here in ministry or God, you know, in the Old Testament with questions mm-hmm. and you see, that's how, you know, Adam, Eve, what are you doing in the garden? Why are you hiding? You know, it's always proposed as a question. And I think we could take that into our own lives and ask questions because I think people are more apt to um, respond when you say, hey, you know, tell me a little bit about Freemasonry. Instead of saying, you know, in the Bible, it says X, Y, and Z. Start yeah. it off. I mean, allow their defenses to go down and at least give them the chance to to explain why they're in it and what they believe it is. You know, right. um, I always think that's a good starting point with people because you can get a better understanding of where they're coming from versus you just saying, hey, this is wrong. That I mean, that's my approach rather. So well, I no, no, that, that's fine because that never worked with me. I mean, I, I, I try to tell... These very well-meaning discernment ministries, this, you know, just attacking straw men and being vitrolic with these people. Like, like we treat them like they're unclean. Jesus never treated the unclean like that. You know, he treated treated the religious like that. The ones that are acting like that got most of the brunt of his anger. And here we are doing it just like they did it then, you know, and Jesus was like, no, the lost are, are deceived and innocent in this. He came to save the sick. Yeah. And, and that and I, it never worked for me when I was an agnostic and into philosophy and all that kind of stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, people <laughs> I, we were high one night and, and I had like two or three people witnessing to me trying to get me to accept Jesus. I mean, we were we were blown, you know, and 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 here I am. I mean, what does that do? You know what I'm saying? It's like and I'm not making fun of the hypocrisy and stuff, but it was just like I never saw a consistent uh, hermeneutic. It was like they compartmentalize their life. They're like, you got to get this part right, but you know, we can still smoke dope over here. And, uh, right. and, and anyway, so, uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not pushing back against people who use stuff for med- med- medical purposes uh, anyway, but, uh, but you know, illegally. And, uh, and, and I still think that a lot of this kind of stuff is gateway to the spirit world, but that's another whole podcast, but, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but, no, uh, I agree. I mean, and I think we can, like I said, we can take a tip from Jesus. Um, you know, like to your point, like the woman at the well, you know, he asked her questions. And so come before these are, if these are your friends and you have an established relationship with them, come to them in love. Hey, I want to know more about, I want to know more about this. Why did you join this? What are some of the basic, you know, um, ideas that are, you know, principles in this organization that you're involved in? Because that way you can then insert when prompted by the Holy Spirit, 
a, you can insert at certain points where you're like, oh, but did you know, you know, that the Bible says this huh. or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah, take, yeah. it takes the conversation. It takes an approach of love and humility. And, um, I think that's a good starting point. That's, that's how I like to work. And maybe because I'm a counselor, it kind of, that's just, I'm used to asking questions. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, I think, I think the Socratic method is perfect. I mean, mm. I, yeah. look, y'all, G- Jesus was the most brilliant man that ever lived. Mm. We always uplift his morality and his ethics, which obviously he was sinless, but he was brilliant, y'all. I mean, I can, I can show you some things that he did in the Bible that are just, he had to have a knowledge of physics, of chemistry, of, I mean, all this stuff that he acquired. But I'm not saying he drew on his God side, but just even in his human side. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm not getting heretical there. But anyway, um, but but he definitely was brilliant. And yeah. he he asked questions, so we should ask questions. And like you said, we should listen more than we talk, which is really hard for me, and I'm working on it. <laughs> but uh, but when it comes to this, you know, you're right. Ask some very probing questions yeah. with, without them coming, you know, and they can tell when your heart is open towards them and you like are really trying to learn and listen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If it's just like loaded questions, well, isn't this true? <laughs> they're they're yeah. not going to buy yeah. that, I don't think. Yeah, no, no. exactly. Well, mo- most communication is nonverbal and, and we can't help it. We're going to put the nonverbal that we're, you know, we're attacking them that we're not really wanting to know them. And that's yeah. all people want to know. They, that, that's why they join these brotherhoods. They want to be known. Yes. Yes. And the ch- church isn't, church isn't doing that. I love yeah. the body of Christ, but, but the, the, the societies are fulfilling something. I mean, these guys that go to church on Sunday, but they get, they get their fellowship at May in masonry. Yeah. And this is a, a, a soapbox for me. I'm not going to go there. So I'll leave that alone. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, well, no, I was going to say to your point about they want to be, it's like you think on a thing about a gang. Why do people join gangs? Why do they join, yep. you know, a club? Because they want to be, they want to be accepted. They want to have people that they can call their brothers. And that all goes back to something broken in humanity where there's this kind of, this hole in our heart. And the only one that can fill that is the Lord. And so that it's humanity's crux, right? Where we're just like seeking acceptance and seeking this um, camaraderie and and fellowship. And you're right. The church is, is, is lacking in some regards in that area. And so I think this is a way to open people's eyes up that are listening. Like we got to reach out to each other. We got to be the arms and legs of the body of Christ. And we got to, we got to encourage and exhort and lift the hands up on the, the hilltops and, you know, lift the hands up in the valleys. Like, you know, yeah, we got to, yeah. we got to help each Time other for us so. to start being the fraternity. Yeah. 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 Well, exactly. well, and, he, and here's the thing. If, if, if we say rightly, and I believe rightly so that our religion, which I don't like that terminology, but it, it is our religion is based on relationship. Right. Okay, with with us and the triune God, then it's also based on relationship between us and other people. And yet, what is sorely deficient is when we get the upright, what I mean, the the going up, the upward part, right? The relationship with God, we promote that and push that, and almost to the point of where it's just me and Jesus got our own thing going on, right. and 
to the detriment of the out out part. And, and men, and I don't need to, I don't want to offend Amy or anything, but men, it's sorely missing in in men's circles in the church because the church is predominantly female in a lot of ways. And that's not female's fault. It's it's how it's been kind of molded over the centuries. And and men need that. And so they're getting it. They're getting it. I mean, I even know of, of men's groups out there, Amy, that yeah. are basically like masonry. I mean, they do a lot of the same rituals and initiations and stuff. And they're Christian men's groups and they do a lot of a lot of the same stuff. Some of them, the initiations are legitimate, like Christian you know, they're not bad, but some of them like the coffin stuff. I mean, there's yeah, a group out right. there that puts men in a coffin. I mean, that's just, uh, that's not good. That's a cultic. And yeah, it, but, but, but men really need that. And women do too. Women do too, obviously, but women are naturally, and, and I'm not trying to be misogynistic at all, but women are naturally more social, I think in a lot of ways than men, or they're, or they're socially in a different way than we are. And we need to learn Men need to learn that you can still be a man and be, you know, very intimately and, and relationally involved in other men's lives. You know, that's what we need. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, and so that's why they're going to these groups. That's why they go into gangs. That's why they, yeah. you know, because they get this. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I mean, all, all I've wanted my whole life, Amy, is a brother that will stick next to me for my whole life. And will be loyal to me, and will never let me, never let me go. Even if I make mistakes, even if I walk away, they're always going to be there for me. Now we yeah. know God is the only one that can ultimately do that, but we also know God uses people. So, right, right. Anyway, Absolutely. I'm sorry, I, I, I took this a a, a, a a weird direction, but, but it ultimately no. a lot of this comes down to this. This is the core of it, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's, you, I think you nailed it because we distinctly have. Um, different roles as male and female, and men are created differently, <laughs> despite what the world wants to say. Right, and, right, and women right. are too. And you know, you touched on a brother that sticks closer. You know, sticks closer than a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right. Um, it's that verse, and I, again, it goes back to what God intended for good. Satan takes and tries to twist it and make it something that is not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be for the select few. You're not supposed to make vows and covenants to each other and to a grand master and to, you know, altar deity or um, pagan deities. Um, you're supposed to serve the one true God and, in spirit and in truth. And this, mm -hmm. is, this is where it gets convoluted. And I mean, you know, it's interesting because I know we, we kind of want to stay in the basics, but this, I think, will resonate with many touching on the, the Tower of Babel and Nimrod, mm -hmm. what were they trying to do? They were trying to make a name for themselves. And so this mm -hmm. idea of a name, I want, I mean, we even see it in social media. How many likes can I get? I want to make a page. I want to make an influence on others. I want to make a name for myself. Um, this is the idea in secret societies and fraternities and, um, you know, Freemasonry is making a name for yourself. It's, building your tower and coming up and saying, this is who I am. And it's all about self really, because it's mm. exalting self. And when you, when you look at Freemasonry, as you rise up to the very top level, they have what's called this sacred name. And we know God has his name. I am that I am his name mm. will be exalted mm. in the earth. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. 
And so this idea of a name is very important in the occult. And the the ones at the top level, they their God is who they call this sacred name, and it's Jabolon, and it's the mixing of Jah or Yahovah, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yahweh. Um, and then it's Baal uh, is the second part of that. And the second is On or Osiris. And yeah. so it's the mixing of these deities um, with the Most High God. And that's why the deceptions there that they think it's Christianity, but it's not. You can't have a little bit of, little bit of Jesus and a little bit of, you know, Baal. That doesn't work, <laughs> you know? Well, so, and that's what the Father Yahweh, that's what he was after in the law about mixture. It wasn't that, yeah. oh, yeah, you don't need to wear polyester with cotton. You know, I mean, it's like we, we make it. I have a theory about that. I'm not going to get into it. But but we make it all about little bitty rules that we can follow when it, when we, we miss the, the real essence of what it is. What you're talking about, we a mixture of God. We take a God and go to a buffet and make our own God instead of going to the word and, and seeing. Like there, there's a lot of things, Amy, in the word over the years that about God that that I don't really like. And and that's yeah. something I don't like him. They just offend me. And that's good. They need to offend me because that's him. And I need to get over it. I need to learn to worship him regardless of it. And instead of trying to create a God in my image, you know, and um, it's like me. I, I, for example, I'm not a Calvinist. And and when people get into a lot of extreme providence stuff, I get I get wheezy. But I don't want to go the other ditch and say there is no providence and God is not active in my life and that that things aren't ordained and then and predestination is not real and you know all that kind of stuff. And so it's like I've got to learn to live in, in that in that liminality, I guess, of of where God of where He is, if that makes any sense yeah. at all. Yeah. So. Yep. It does make sense. Um, so, uh, so history-wise, you got you have some time, a little more time to go down the history road a little bit more. I do. Let's hit it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so the history kind of going down. I mean, I know we talked about Adam Weishaupt, and he yeah. was really in charge of kind of the Illuminati. But like I was saying, as you kind of move forward down the timeline. Um, you know, a lot of people think that this even ties to some of the pirates, like the skull and crossbone stuff, um, mm. which I thought was oh, kind of wow. interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of uh, researchers believe that there can be some linking there, specifically with um, the skull and crossbones, you know, from Yale, that Bush. Um, and I believe who was the other one, the prominent politician were a John part Kerry. of John, yeah, John Kerry, Kerry. That's right. That's right. There's so, a bunch of them with John Kerry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting, um, interesting as well as you move through the through that timeline. But then you <laughs> you even see it today, and you know you see celebrities are part of this. I mentioned that the Knights Templar. Um, you see that in a lot of logos, uh, like I said, TJ Maxx. Um, I believe there's a gas logo that has the double knights. Um, or the double cross of Lorraine, which is connected to the Knights Templar. Um, and you see celebrities who have it too. Jay-Z, Jay-Z. Yeah, I've heard, uses it. Yeah. Yeah, on yeah. his on his Hennessy or whatever bottle, his liquor bottle. Well, I mean, Jay-Z <laughs> Jay-Z is 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 out all out front. I mean, he wears shirts, do as thou wilt. So exactly. we, we know where he you know, I mean he's all out there. 
But let me ask you, what about the Jerusalem cross? Are you familiar with the Jerusalem cross? I'm not. It's like a... uh, it, it's like a cross that it, if it has enough lines to where it looks like a square. Oh, um, yeah. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I mean, I, I'm suspect of everything, honestly. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, <laughs> well, well, somebody somebody said something about uh, uh, Caviezel was wearing a Jerusalem cross. And I was like, well, I don't know if that is an occult symbol or not. I mean, there are some symbols that are not occult, but uh, very few. But, right. but I, you know, I, I was kind of. You know, and I know I do know Caviezel's traditional Catholic, which they're a lot of times mixed up in a lot of the, you know, yeah. Ironically enough, Mel Gibson in conspiracy theory is probably he's traditional Catholic. He might be mixed up in a lot of this kind of stuff, which is right. not lost on me. But I just wondered if you knew anything about the Jerusalem cross. No, you know, I don't. Or, yeah, that's something new to me that I have to I have to research. But yeah, I don't. And the Orthodox wear an interesting type of cross. Uh, it's a normal cross, but at the bottom they have the yeah. the place where where they they nailed his feet is turned right. sideways. It's got slanted, yeah. Yes, and you look at the um, the Orthodox cross and the double cross. Is, that's where we get the term yeah. "Don't double cross me." Um, yeah, it, it ties back to the Knights Templar. And that double cross in Orthodoxy, that's, I mean, that is the, the cross of Lorraine. And I see that, that yeah. bottom, that bottom part where his feet would have gone, but, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets dicey, you know, there's a lot of yeah. overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, interesting. It is. It really so, is. So let me ask you this, as far as this, this, we're, we're going to go up the food chain a little bit here for, for a question. It, it, it's about the history. Uh, when, when do you think that, uh, this this secret society esque type stuff kind of left the fringes of the church. When I mean big C, like Roman Catholic, and became more. I mean, so for example, how how did some of the the Jewish groups like the Rothschilds and some of the other other families and stuff get involved in in all this? Yeah, that's a good question. I. I mean, if I was to take an educated guess on that, I really think it has to do with bloodlines. I think it has to do Mm -hmm. with, um, Mm -hmm. because again, it's, it's about selectivity, right? Um, if you take all of their ideologies and put them together and go back to the, to the line of the two lines, right? Cain and Abel, or, you know, you go back to, um, just the lines of good and evil, like going through the old Testament, um, Mm -hmm you see that there is distinction there and really what's important in the secret societies is this bloodline and it falls into eugenics depopulation. Um, and they want to create a master race. I mean, it goes back to Hitler, right? This is, Mm -hmm. this is part of it. And so to answer your question, I think in their realization of this, in their quest for sacred knowledge, um, they realize that they have to preserve their bloodline. And so that's why I think a lot of kind of these these Jews, these Ashkenazi Jews and Kazarians and all that, you know, you have all those yeah. different, different names, right? Um, they're out to preserve their bloodline. Uh, it's very important to them. So yeah, that's how I, think I, I wondered. Well, I wondered too. I mean, it, I saw a meme and and it was out there. It was like uh, the Israel of God is not the Israel of the Rothschilds, and right. uh, I thought that was. 
I thought that was very interesting because that brings up a lot of what we're talking about here, the Ashkenazi and, and, yeah. and all the different types of Jews, which could be argued really aren't Jews at all. Right. You know? um, and then it, I guess it could go back to the whole openness to the, of the secret societies to no matter what your religion is. I mean, yeah, yeah they might claim to be Christian or, or whatever. The Knights of Malta have all types of people involved in it that aren't any form of whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, so what do these groups have to do with the secret societies that uh, that are out in the open, like the, um, what is it, the the Center for Foreign Affairs? Is it, no, what is it called? Um, Council, Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah, Council on Foreign Relations. And then there's another one, too. There's another uh, group. The Trilateral uh, Commission. Trilateral Commission. Yep, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's another one. I mean, those are basically secret, secret societies as well, right? Right. Yeah, and there's different facets of it, right? And so you've got, when you look at the the kind of, when you, so you can take it different in a different way. So you can take it different ways. So if you look at Alice Bailey's 10-point plan, she was an occultist. Yeah. And yeah. you look at the areas in our society that they have to infiltrate to control the population. This is where right. you see your different facets of these secret societies. So like, for example, mm. the, the Council on for Foreign Relations or the Trilateral Commission, you've got to have these people in place who are part of these secret societies and fraternities and brotherhoods that will have the same mindset, who will bring about the same you know, agenda as the other people in other facets, right? Like celebrities, social media, um, schools, government, um, arts, arts is one of them, music. They all have to be aligned in some way towards a common goal to control the public, to create a, an outcome. And so this is why I believe that they kind of infiltrate like, you know, Council for on foreign relations and such because they have to control that facet of society to control us. Right? right? Yeah. So. Well, it's like I, the rumor I've always heard, and it's probably deeper than this, but the the CIA has plants in every three yeah. letter group, every three letter group in the government. They have plants there that are part of the bureaucracy that never are elected, so they can stay there and be a sleeper cell, and and, mm -hmm. and you know then be enacted when they need to be enacted to control that aspect of the government. But I think it's deeper than the CIA. I think the CIA yeah. is actually a, a tool for the secret societies in a lot of yes. ways. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. And so, you even, it even goes to celebrities. They're, they're a tool too. I mean, there's so many celebrities that have been connected to the C as CIA agents, Ellen DeGeneres, George Clooney, um, Angelina Jolie. I mean, they're all tied to the UN there it just mixes all over they they cross well, over anderson cooper anderson yes. cooper was in the cia um, I mean, yeah <laughs> and i mean just crazy stuff and, and then you're talking about this too you brought this up on your instagram and i thought it was just so so great here is a a rock a country star who is worth millions and millions of dollars and she's connected with a football player mm -hmm. and and now this football player is promoting the new vax you know, it's like everything yeah, is Everything is planned. It's, it, it reminds me of movies. I, I tell my son, my 20-year-old, I was like, like, Nathan, everything in a movie is there for a purpose. Nothing is lost on that. That's what they train you in film school. They train everything's got to mean something, you know, and, which is 
that's I think that's our godly innateness of creativity that we want to have symbols and we want to have things mean something, but it's been corrupted by the fall and we yeah. use it for evil purposes or whatever. But yeah, it's like everything means something. And yeah. uh, anyway, Absolutely. so no, it's true. And and you can't have someone who they need control. They meaning those in in leadership positions, whoever's puppeteering yeah. all this, right? Um, there's right. a lot of speculation about that, but they need control and they, they have to control every facet of society to garner yes. an outcome that they want. And we know biblically what that is. We're moving towards it. So the yeah. Ordo the world. Ordis. Yep. The new world order. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cyclorum or whatever it is. Yep. The new world yep. order. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, well, you know, something else along that, that same vein that I think is so fascinating is is how they're doing it. They can't do it like just full press forward militarily, not yet. I mean, that'll come. But right now, it, they're doing it the best, most possible way. They're brainwashing people. And I find it significant that one of one of the most popular verses in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is, and, and this is where, to me, the, the crux of Christian growth is, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't yeah. You? And they are renewing our minds. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's not a matter of if your mind is going to be renewed. It's, it's a matter of who's going to renew, who's going to renew yeah. your mind. That's really you know? good. Yeah, I love that and, verse. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's going to be renewed by our culture. And I think if we're self-aware, we can observe the culture without it being renewed. That's yeah. like me with a lot of movies and stuff. I mean, I still watch movies and I'll be entertained and, and all this kind of stuff, but I'm always on the watch. I see I see the smiley faces in the movies. I see the, you know, and, and my family. I Actually, they, they've started to come along with it, but initially they uh, my my wife and my boys were like, oh, dad, you know, not, something doesn't mean everything. I said, yes, it right. does. Something, <laughs> means, something does mean everything. And yep. uh, anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like our it's house. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, um, so how do we want to land this plane? What, is there anything else that you feel like we've missed that we need to to throw in this stew that we're making? Well, you know, I think if we take it, if we take these secret societies, and you look back at the Knights Templar, who were very much one of the beginning ideas of what a secret society is. Um, they which, are the, which, yeah. which I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's significant that, that Rothschild, I'm going to butcher it, but he said, if I control the currency, I control your country. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, that, that yeah, Knights Templar were the bankers. Yeah. You know, anyway. I wouldn't doubt if he was, he is a Knights Templar. And I, I'm guessing a lot of these upper level people are, have multiple um, degrees, right? Where they, they overlap. Yeah. Um. But, you know, when you think about the Knights Templar and if, if we are to look at them as potentially one of the beginning ideas of what these secret societies look like, they one of their members created the goat headed Baphomet. And this is what we see here today. You know, you see it online all the time, social media like pages mm-hmm. um, where you see this Baphomet and you see this this goat head. And, and this was this is one of the day, one of the statues that they they kind of worshipped. Um, and so if all of these societies are kind of building off of, say, the Knights Templar and obviously the mystery religions, you know, what mm-hmm. is really, when you peel it all back, what's at the core 
of what's going on here. Because that's how Satan works. You know, it wraps it up in nice wrapping paper, but when you open the gift, it's the same gift. Yeah. It's just wrapped in different paper, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like the duality that yeah. light is really just darkness. Exactly. Well, Jesus Jesus talks about that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the light you have is really darkness. Yeah. Um so that's all I wanted to add on that because I know I'm sure a lot of people have seen that, that Baphomet, and um, that was the deity that they, that they worshipped, you know, created by Eliphaz Levi, so. Is that the one that, the, is that Bilderberg, is that, at the, that they all light the fires, is that the Baphomet? There's um, there's another. Oh, area. you mean? I think that may be the big Molech owl thing you're thinking about. Okay. It. Oh, you're, yeah. Oh, it's Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. Yeah. 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 Where'd I get Bill Grove from? Yeah. Yeah. Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Yeah. It's all so the that's same. That's an owl. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It yeah. really, it really is. It really is. It really is. I mean, yep. the more you study this, I mean, I've just found in my years of studying this, the more once you understand it, you can just spotted out so easy and there, it's all just one and the same really at the end of the day um it really is and so you know we just have to be as wise as serpents innocent as doves you know and and try mm -hmm. to just plant the seeds for people to just wake up wake up to it be aware you know and one of my callings and i think Lindsay agrees with me, i think it's our calling in this podcast is is we want to unite that yeah. We see plenty of people that are wise as serpents, and they actually <laughs> will strike like serpents at the people right. that, that they're, they're thing. And, and there's plenty of people that are as innocent as doves, and they get rope-a-doped into a lot of this woke stuff and, and society stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to see a melding of that verse, like Jesus said. We want to be wise as serpents, yeah. know their ways, but not, but, yet, but not mean as a snake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, in the South. Yeah, we say means yeah. a snake down here. Yep, yep. Yep. I've heard that. Yeah. I agree. So, yep. Well, thank you, Amy. This is this was an incredible podcast. I yeah, mean, you really you. you you hit everything we wanted to hit. We just kind of feel like that when you get in the French community, a lot of these people get baptized into the deep end and they don't know what people are talking about. And there's a lot of jargon. There's jargon in every area of life, but there's yep. a lot of jargon in the French community. And, and I just want to be like <laughs> French for dummies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love I'm just it. like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we need what that. Is, well, no. yes, we do need that. And mm -hmm. we need another thing. And I, you know, I've been harping on this for a while, Amy is we need people to learn to discern and, uh, Lindsay yeah. and, and another buddy of ours, we're, we're going to start doing um, little snippets on logical fallacies where people can think logically about stuff, you know, and not just their feels. Yeah, you know? I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll see so many groups out there and they'll say, oh, that dude gives me a wheelie, wheelie weird feeling. And I'm like, OK, I, I acknowledge that. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Right. But why does he give you that? You know, and and, and I don't want to put down discernment because you know intuition and particularly this is one of those areas we were talking about earlier with women women have some of the best intuition that there is i mean hands down sandy will pick up that a guy's a weirdo two or three months before i will you know and <laughs> she's like she's warning me she's warning me you know and i'm i'm finally starting to listen but anyway uh so so there's a place for that but there's also a place where we need to think through things logically about our faith and I think we've thrown all that out because of the postmodernism that's coming to our, our culture. Yeah. And, and so anyway, 
But uh, thank you so much, Amy. We enjoy every time we have it, have you on yep. here. We enjoy. And and you know what's so fun about you is is if if, if there's a topic that I don't know uh, um, that that anybody about, you'll know something about it. You know that's what's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what's so crazy. It's yeah. you are a wheelhouse of of a plethora of knowledge. So thank you so much. We appreciate thank you, you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Amy. that's really nice. I, I guess they call it the jack of all trades, master of none. Is that no, what they say? no, 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 no. <laughs> you are a renaissance woman. That's Aww. a better way to put it. Well, yep. thank you yep. guys. And I hope that yep. everybody hopefully learned a little bit. So thanks for having yep. me. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.